0: The Phoenix Suns' consistency being awarded. The the Warriors are limping along right now. Cannot score at all. And just as I predicted, the Suns have a shot, a real shot, at the one seed. We'll break all of it down. Their odds of getting there and what it will take coming up on Locked on Suns. network, your team every day. are back this is locked on phoenix suns we are part of the locked on podcast network and i'm your host brendan clean covering the suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member i am a contributor at suns.com as well as dime magazine thank you for making locked on suns your first listen each and every morning happy wednesday to everybody listening wherever you might be Thank you for finding us on YouTube, helping to grow that channel. I have an announcement coming up in just a second on that front. Thank you, of course, as well for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We are everywhere. We are free. And the best way to keep us that way is to keep listening and follow the show if you have not already. You can also follow along at Sons or follow me at BrendanClean14. But the announcement. At long last, I kept you guys waiting longer than I wish that I had, but the We Are the Valley Towel, I am pleased to announce the random selection process is complete, and I can announce the winner. That is a YouTube subscriber whose profile name is bro, all one word, you, the letter you, MadBro, and... I wish I had more details than that. You do not have a name on your profile. You do not have a, any sort of contact information. I don't know if you follow on Twitter, but I could not find you there. So hopefully you are watching this video or listening to this podcast and you can uh, go ahead and respond. It looks like trolltronify is the username um, within YouTube. The display name is you Mad bro. So uh, very, very good stuff on the names, I guess, uh, but yes, please go ahead and reach out to me. Please um, DM me, comment below, whatever you need to do to get a hold of me, and I will uh, message you directly at that time to go ahead and get your, uh, not contact info, but your your mailing info. So I can shoot that over to you ASAP. You'll have it in time for the playoffs this year. And the next giveaway is the Kelly Ubre bobblehead. We are just about there, 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's the big one, guys. That's the one we've been shooting for for quite a while, and I think we can get there in no time. So, thank you for the help. But let's get to it. The Suns have a real shot. I mean, they it's almost insulting to say they have a shot because they are at the top of the standings right now, but um, this is not just going to be a victory lap on my part. However, I did call the Suns taking a lead over the Warriors in the standings when Klay Thompson came back. Now, Golden State is blowing the doors off of the Pistons right now as I'm recording this, so they will win that game. But still, the Suns will be two and a half games over Golden State still. The Suns are 34-9, and still have not lost their 10th game of the season. And the slippage that we, that I Expected when it came to Golden State has definitely hit them. Now, I'm not going to say that I ex- that I predicted or expected the Steph Curry cold streak. He talked a little bit about that with Sham Sharania at The Athletic today in a, in a Q&A that the streak and the emotional energy that he spent getting across that finish line did actually wear on him more than I think he expected, maybe more than the team expected, and he really is their only offense. So with him in a little bit of a lull right now, you don't have the the typical Klay Thompson who can buy a bucket for you. You don't you can't really count on Jordan Poole if you're the Warriors. So all of that has combined to equal a Warriors team that over the last 2 weeks has the 28th worst offense in the NBA. That's not mistake on my part, the 28th NBA offense this season. So I guess that's not the 28th worst. That is the third worst in the entire league over the past couple of weeks. They are down on the season to being the 13th offense in the NBA. So thoroughly mediocre. However, they are still leading the second place Suns defensively by 1.6 points per 100 possessions. So They are making up that ground by defending at a very high level. Still, the Pistons game going on as I'm recording this, Golden State held them to just 38 points in the first half, so they can clamp down when they want to, but I talked about the strength of schedule, I think last week or the week prior, I've talked about how I thought the clay, the clay return and some of those other injury changes to the rotation would, would wear on golden state. And I think you're really seeing all of that come to fruition and it couldn't be benefiting, you know, more than it is for the suns. It's, it's very, very important. I think for them to get that one seed, the suns have now taken over actually for the overall net rating lead on the season. This year, they are outscoring teams by an average of 8.5 points per 100 possessions every single game this year. That 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 is the cumulative total, not just the past two weeks. And somehow, so not not necessarily a surprise to some of us, but I think you zoom out a little bit and the Suns are not getting talked about even now as that type of team, and yet they basically by any metric you look at have the best team in the entire NBA and so they have given themselves a cushion 2.5 games not a ton but you have to remember as well the Suns have already lost two games to the Warriors so that is including those two wins by uh, the Warriors and just one on the part of the Suns into that total and they only play each other one more time that's toward the end of March and Yet still, the Suns have that cushion. So really what you're looking at is a situation where all they need to do is keep that pace. And obviously, that's easier said than done. They are you know, on pace for 65 or so wins. But by point differential, by net rating, all the different ways you slice it, the Suns are in the driver's seat. I will say they are still... Not at the very top of the um, betting odds. There are still some some teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, that like to that I think people like to bet on because it feels more comfortable to bet on an Eastern Conference team because we do not know what the West will will really look like. There's too many great teams in the West, but you also I'm at VegasInsider.com right now. Western Conference futures. So who will be the Western Conference representative for in the NBA finals? The Warriors are still sitting there plus 225. The Suns are at plus 320. This was updated as of Monday, January 17th. So very much up to date. It's odds, a uh, courtesy of Bet MGM for this website here, but the Suns and Warriors are are firmly at the top of that list. But the Warriors still have a pretty significant lead. The, the Nets on the Eastern Conference side are there at plus 130. That seems way too high with the Bucks there and the Heat playing really well recently and the Bulls and Sixers and everybody else. That that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. I don't always understand the future's odds in the NBA, to be completely honest, but the bottom line is the Suns should care about this as well. The one seed, we saw what it can do for you in terms of opponent. We had the Jazz cruising to a five-game first-round victory over the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, whereas the Suns were treated to a pretty difficult series against the Los Angeles Lakers. So, from that perspective, it's obviously very important. You also want to avoid a second-round battle with the Warriors. You know, potentially we have. You know, the Jazz and Grizzlies are not too far behind. So, you want to, at all costs, avoid playing the Warriors in the second round if you possibly can. And then, just in general, the Suns have a very clear home court advantage. This building in Phoenix, we saw last year during the playoffs when people were barely creeping back out to basketball games for the first time since the pandemic had hit. Suns fans have not had a taste of playoff basketball in quite a long time, and yet none of that really mattered. The footprint center was massively big for the Suns, and the Suns are 17 and five at home this year. They also 17 and four on the road. That's the that's the beauty of being a great team. You don't really have a bad record in either direction, but they clearly would like to be at home for game sevens, four game fives as often as they possibly can, and so um, that 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 all combines to show that the Suns can. They have this inside track to the first seed. It matters. It will be important. And uh, it will be a bigger factor for them this year in the playoffs. It's something they did not get last season, and it certainly hurt them. So every little bit counts as you make your way to the finals and and into that championship territory. And this will go a long way to do it. I want to also today zoom out and talk a little bit about lineups, what's working, what's not working for the Suns. I teased this yesterday yesterday. Some more thoughts on the the two-man punch that the Suns have, but also getting into the nitty-gritty a little bit of which units really are cooking for the Suns. First, though, guys, today's show brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar, You've heard about Bilt Bar for literally years now here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, but they are wishing you a happy new year. And not just wishing you a happy new year, but also helping you keep those resolutions in place. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to that resolution a lot of us have, which is to eat healthier. Well, they do that because they actually make their product taste good. You like to eat Bilt Bars. You enjoy eating Bilt Bars. When you first try one, it's very, very quick that you become, frankly, addicted. It's hard for me, honestly, to, if I run out or if my order's not quite in yet, to go to the grocery store, pick something up off the shelf. Once you go to Bilt Bars, you really have a hard time going back. They have flavors for everybody, whether it's cherry and orange on the fruit side or something a little bit sweeter like double chocolate or coconut almond or peanut butter brownie, whatever you might enjoy, Bilt Bar is going to have something for you. And all of them are covered in 100% chocolate, packed with 15 to 20 grams of protein, and really never cross that 150 calorie, five grams of sugar threshold. So good stuff for you, good stuff to taste and helping you stick to your goals for 2022. So go to Bilt.com, check out everything they have going on there. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you make your first purchase. get 15% off. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Been talking about this for a few days now, probably informed by how incredible Devin Booker has been lately, but generally speaking, it's hard to go through the league and find a team. As much as we spent the offseason talking about the fact that the Suns needed that third scorer and we've spent a lot of breath talking about who that might be during the course of this season. Despite all of that, it's hard to go through the league right now and find a team that has a one-two punch that in big moments can create efficient elite offense for themselves and for their teammates like Chris Paul and Devin Booker can. The Warriors don't have that. The Jazz do not have that. Maybe you could say Miami has that. You could definitely say Milwaukee has that. Memphis does not have that. Dallas does not have that. The Nets do when they're at their best. The Sixers do not. Chicago does, but Chicago is probably not quite ready there. And now you're already to the second and third tier of contenders. There just is not a team that can match that right now outside of those few that I just named. And as I've said many times this season, most of them are in the East, which is a bizarre little subplot right now. But the West does not look... All that scary from an offensive perspective. Now, Golden State's defense is very scary, and you know, maybe certain matchups freak you out if you're the Suns, Memphis, I've talked about, but that's the bottom line. The Suns have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who, in crunch time throughout this entire regular season and at many, many moments during the postseason last year, proved that they can get offense when it's very hard to do so. And that's one of the most irreplaceable skills in the entire NBA. So, That's all a preface for lineup talk. And the obvious initial impression to take away from the lineups that have worked best for the Suns this season is that all of them have those two guys for the most part. You have to go quite a bit down before you really get to a lineup that has a a ton of bench players in it and that's no mistake and it's something that was not the case for most of last season so it's very impressive to see the suns continue on the you know chemistry route and the the cohesion route that we saw them develop in the playoffs last year and that starting lineup really milking it it's it's not you know a barn, bur- barn burner at all it's plus 5.1 per 100 possessions so they're outscoring teams by about 5 per 100 possessions it's Solid. It's it's pretty much middle of the pack in terms of every NBA lineup when you look at a place like Cleaning the Glass, which is one of my favorite stats sites. Um but you go down the line and the 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 combination of a lineup that's actually played and has actually played well is the starting lineup with Kaminsky instead of Aiden, which you'll remember the beginning of the win streak. Kaminsky scores 31 points, he gets his career high. They're moving the ball like crazy, really juiced that offense, jump-started that offense after a creaky start to the year. That lineup is plus 26.4 per 100, over 140 possessions played. So you're probably not going to match that. That's a relatively small sample that probably would not have sustained. But that lineup had Chris Paul in it. The second maybe best lineup you could say, which also, for better or worse, no DeAndre Ayton, is also with Chris Paul, and that lineup is Paul, Booker, Bridges, and then you have Jalen Smith and Cameron Johnson. Who had that lineup being one of the four or five best for the Suns on a high volume this season? I did not. The Suns did not. James Jones did not. Otherwise, that third-year option for Mr. Smith would have been picked up. But you make your way down as well, and there starts to be a little bit more mixing and matching. You have the starting lineup with Shamit in instead of Booker, which was probably the lineup that accumulated some nice padded numbers during Booker's injury absence. You have the starting lineup with McGee instead of Aiton is a plus 14.7 per 100 possessions. You have to go all the way down to a very interesting lineup, which is definitely worth talking about when it comes to the one-two punch conversation here with Booker and Paul because it's really the first high-volume lineup that's still pretty effective that does not have Chris Paul in it. And that lineup is Payne, Shamit, Cam Johnson, JaVale McGee, and then at the wing spot, Devin Booker. So this is sort of the close of the first quarter lineup that we've seen for years now under Monty Williams when the point guard is out, whether that was Rubio or now Paul, and it's Booker with the bench. It's a full bench lineup, except for Booker, and he's just able to really go to work, but what I really like about that lineup is it's about as good of a spaced lineup that you will ever see, because you have the downhill threat of McGee, obviously, as you basically always have with the Suns, but then you have Payne, who can shoot or pass. You have Shamit, who he's been very, very cold and and underwhelming lately, but he is a floor spacer, and then Cameron Johnson, who's probably the best shooter on this team. You can quibble with that between he and Booker. But whoever has the ball in that lineup, whatever's being run, there's going to be oodles of space inside. And what the Suns are able to do in those lineups a lot of the time, as we've seen, especially lately with Booker scoring the ball like an insane person, is that he's just able to really go to work. He's able to cook straight up, you know, run a pick and roll, post up, whatever it might be. He's going to make something happen because there's just so much space for him to operate. And so... What I think you come away from this thinking about a lot, to me at least, is the magic is working no matter who's out there, is the obvious one, because we can talk about how, oh, Aiton's not in a lot of these lineups, but the bottom line is he is in the two most frequently used lineups for the Suns, and they are both still tremendously in the positive. So by no means is this a, you know oh, when Aiton's off the floor, look at the numbers. I'm not doing that. Um, But no matter who is out there, it works. And it works because Booker or Paul is in there for almost every single lineup. You have to go down to the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most used lineup before you get to a unit that does not have either Booker or Paul in it in terms of frequency. And that lineup is pretty solidly positive, but it is not the best. Um, or close to it, and even that lineup has Mikhail Bridges in it. So, that one-two punch is a, a bonafide weapon. It's something that few teams can match. It lifts the other players on this team, and it makes Monty Williams' job a heck of a lot easier because he can count on when one of those two guys is, in the, is, is on the floor, we are going to be solid. Both of those players have adjusted their games this year to make that even more possible for their teammates, and I just can't help but think that this regular season, as as the theme of this show is indicating, this is going to be something that's just pretty much impossible to do much about in the regular season. We've seen injuries, we've seen COVID, we've seen rotation changes, and, and really none of it has changed the bottom line for the Suns, which is that those two guys lift the tide of every single person out there and make this team a juggernaut, frankly, straight up a juggernaut. And so that is... Incredible, obviously, to watch happen. It's incredible for anybody who's rooting for this team to succeed. And I genuinely think it gives them a shot to do more than they were able to do last year. I think that this team, despite on the outside looking maybe fairly similar to what we've come to expect, they are better. One thing that's not better is uh, the Cameron Payne experience the non-Chris Paul experience, maybe more accurately. We'll talk about some of the lineups that haven't worked so well and maybe a little bit of why, although Monty's pretty smart about avoiding those. We'll do that after a quick break. First, though, quick word from Price Picks one more time. Price Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy. You know that already. What I hate most of all about fantasy sports, frankly, league leagues, is losing. It's dedicating so much time and energy and then you happen to face the wrong opponent and you're screwed or you join a pool for a weekend and there's somebody who ultimately is always going to feel like they are putting in multiple lineups like they are gaming the system somehow it's frustrating any way that you look at it but prize pick solves that entire problem because they first of all their daily fantasy made easy so they make it very simple but Best of all, you are not competing against an opponent or a pool, you're just competing against the over under projections for a given prop. Here's what I mean two to five players in your lineup across any sport you can pick the over or the under on any prop that they are listed on. So, any stat that you can think of, you check prize picks, they're likely going to have it, and you pick the over or the under. That's it. So Let's say you're feeling pretty good about Devin Booker being able to dominate the Dallas Mavericks as he always does. So you're going to hit the over on points there. Let's say you feel pretty good about Bismack Biombo continuing to be a complete beast on the glass. So you're going to go Bismack Biombo over on rebounds against the Mavericks on Thursday. And then let's say you are pretty angry at the Rams. So let's say you go Matthew Stafford over on interceptions as well. That's the fun of this thing. Mixed sport entries. No opponent, just you versus those over-unders, and you can really enjoy. It. That's that's the simplest way to put it. It's actually fun. You're not stressing, you're not pissed off at the person you're playing, you're not pissed off at the pool and the random strangers there, and it makes it very easy and fun. So go to pricepix.com, download their app on your for first, on your favorite app store. Use the promo code NBA when you make your first deposit to get. $50 free on your first price picks entry when it scores a single point, which of course it will. That's right. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free when your first price picks entry scores a single point. Price picks Daily Fantasy, made easy. Not to end on a sour note, shouldn't be too long here because I want to talk about some lineups that aren't working so well and There are not a lot of those. Monty Williams uh, has the benefit of a pretty strong roster, no real weak links, and he is pretty good about not playing lineups that aren't working. Um, Just another note, though, on the previous conversation, the lineups that are working, one thing I didn't mention is that starting lineup, Paul Booker, Bridges, Crowder, Aiton, the one that's been starting since basically January of 2021 and has played more minutes than just about any lineup on the planet since that time... They are second in the NBA in terms of possessions played together this year, um, just behind Utah's starting lineup, which is basically 45 or so minutes ahead, but unsurprisingly, it's Utah, Phoenix, and Golden State, those three teams starting lineups. Well, when you're a very good team, it's mostly because your players are really good, and the players that play the most are, are going to help your team the most, and you're going to keep them on the floor, so that's not much of a surprise, but... It's worth noting, there are not many minutes in crucial moments when those five guys for the Suns are not out there. That said, as much as I talked about Paul and Brid- and Booker being the, the, the boons for their teammates, there's also, of course, the inverse. And so you, you have to go 9, 10, 11 lineups deep before you get to a unit that's not very, that has not been very effective, and that is the starting lineup with Payne instead of Paul which is interesting to me. Um, I think there's something to be said, and I, I think I've talked about this on previous shows, but the numbers kind of bear it out. You know, Monty has talked a ton about the level of comfort that Cameron Payne was able to develop with Dario Saric last year, and so I think there's very much something to the idea that because Payne doesn't have that explosive athleticism, he he's a crafty finisher, but he's not by any means an overpowering get to the rim and, and just... Force the ball into the basket type of, of guy, despite the time he spent with uh, Russell Westbrook early in his career. There's something to be said for the role man type with Ayton or McGee posing challenges for Payne. You know, of course, there's plenty of lineups where Payne and McGee are on the floor together that have worked, but this one with Payne and Aiton has not been as good. And I think that that's part of the reason why. You also look, and the starters with Cam and JaVale McGee has not been very good. I don't know if there's much to that. Cam, uh, or I'm sorry, Chris, Shamit, Bridges, Crowder, and McGee has not been very good. So some of these mixed and matched bench units are not very strong. And I think what you will probably see as big moments come upon this team is... Potentially a little bit more, I think I do feel like this is, I'm, I'm kind of almost second guessing myself because I planned to say that the staggering would be what you would see more of because I just got done talking about how effective that book plus bench lineup has been. We know that basically any lineup with Chris Paul out there is going to be pretty darn effective no matter who else is is, is on the floor. And so Paul plus bench is is a good recipe as well. I think that that's what you'll see. You'll, you'll see Monty trying to have one of those two guys on the floor at all times. It'll cut out some of these pain, <clears throat> pain lineups where pain is basically the only creator out there. Um, and, and you'll start to see a, a, a trimming of the rotation because you have a lot of lineups, for instance, where Abdul Nader is out there that are negative. You have obviously some Frank Kaminsky lineups without the starters that are negative, like there are some pieces of this rotation that have not been all that great yet, or at all, and probably won't be because they're made up of players who are, you know, if they're the only players like, if they're the only players who can create or the only players who can defend who are out there, you're going to get exposed when your best guys are, are sitting. So there's just fewer of those minutes as the playoffs come into play. But that's sort of what I come away from that from this statistical deep dive on the on the lineups thinking is, Monty probably is going to do his, his absolute best to make sure one of his two star creators is out there at every single minute of the game. If that doesn't happen, then that's a failure. It's either foul trouble or a mistake on the part of Monty, or one lineup is really cooking. I mean, if campaign has another 30-point playoff game, like far be it for me to complain about that. But that's where I come down. And we also, of course, have to keep in mind that there will probably be, in addition to this team, at least one. Whether that's a buyout player or a trade, and that will throw a lot of this into whack again. Does does that player is that player good enough to creep it his way into the f- the closing unit or at least one of the premier bench units? Does he take Landry Shamit's place in the rotation since Shamit has not been all that great? Does he take Jay Crowder's place in the rotation and Cam Johnson continues to develop there as well? I I don't know, but the roster is obviously not a finished product, so that is a part of this conversation as well, but. Plenty to continue to chew on. Not sure when Aaron Edwards is going to be joining us this week, folks. He will either be here for Thursday's show or maybe for his first recap show after the Mavericks game on Thursday night. We'll see what happens. Keep it right here, though. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day to keep yourself up to date and enjoying this fun Suns season. Now, go make Locked On Bets your second listen here on this Wednesday. Talk to you guys tomorrow.